Good morning, church. Again, it's good to be here. Uh, Jacques said his English is terrible. At least it's there. Mine is gone with my family overseas. So I don't know. You guys you have to pray hard that I don't speak in Shona to you, okay? Uh, it's always good to be in the house of the Lord. Um, you know, it's always difficult to share a pulpit with your senior. You don't know where to start. And you don't know what you're getting right and wrong. But <laughs> thank God we are in the house of the Lord. There is lots of mercy in there. So today, once again, we are celebrating oneness. That's why this sermon is called Simunye. We are one as children of the Most High God. What a privilege it is to share a, a same father. Um, I always give an example of my family that is, a, in African, they say Demakar. It's, yeah, it's Demakara because the father is from Zimbabwe. You hear my daughter calling me, you Zimbabwean boy. I said, and what are you? He said, I'm South African and mommy is British. So it's like real Demakara. So, but we, we still have one God. So that's amazing. Although we come from different nationalities. A God loves celebrating. And the Bible is full of the kinds of things that God chooses to celebrate. One of the things is that when one sinner is born again, the Bible says there is a huge party in heaven. Because of one person. And God took it a step further and did the whole parable to teach us that he, indeed he means business when he talk about celebrating one person coming back to Christ. What more when there are more people coming back together to become one and celebrate together. There is a huge, huge party. So if you don't know how to celebrate, don't worry, we'll teach you. You just follow suit. Or you can watch if you want to, but you'll miss out. I don't know in your cultures, we celebrate life differently. When someone dies, you guys, you say we are celebrating life, right? But people are sad. And that's okay. When someone dies in our family, in our culture, we cry. And we know how to cry. Let me give you a demonstration. We go, my way! My way, God, my, my way! And we don't even bath for three days. We'd, some, they don't even eat. They'll be rolling on the floor, crying out for the, love, for the beloved ones. And some, they, they dress up. I came to South Africa, and they dress up. People go and buy an outfit for funeral. We celebrate differently. We are all celebrating life, but we celebrate it differently. And it's still okay. That makes us human beings. We are diverse. We are different. And there is beauty in that diversity. Amen. So, let's join God in celebrating. Today we are here to celebrate with God as he rejoices. One of his favorite things, his people, his children living together. There is no father who wants to see his people, fight, his children fighting every day. It breaks their hearts. Because the father loves you all. The father is a source, so we all came from him. Whether we are nasty, whether we are ugly to each other, but to our father, we are still children of God. Therefore, our father loves us when we come together in perfect unity. Turn with me to the book of Psalms 133. How good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. It is like precious oil poured on the head, running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down on the collar of his robe. It is as if the Jew of Hermon were, failing, were falling on Mount Zion. For there the Lord bestowed his blessing, even life forevermore. The, not only that we celebrate diversity, not only that we celebrate the goodness that is in God's children coming together, but 
there is a blessing that is commanded on, on that celebration, on that unity. You know what is the opposite of a blessing? It's a curse. So if there is no unity, there is definitely a curse. That's why people end up hating each other, harming each other, because there is a curse. But when there is a blessing, there is loving each other, there is flowing together, there is harmony, there is peace. So let's join each other in celebrating, in celebrating each other as well. As children of God, we need to celebrate each other. We need to celebrate what God has put in every one of us and use that as a weapon or as a vehicle to further his kingdom to, to those who are lost. In, in the book of Acts, chapter 4, verse 32 and 35, all believers were in one, were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possession was their own, but they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And God's grace was so powerfully at work in all, in them all, that there were no needy person among them. For from time to time, those who owned land or houses sold them, brought the money from the cells, and put it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to anyone who had need. That's a tough one right there, right? That's may, where many Christians will tell you that uh, I don't think I want this Christian thing. I think twice I'll, uh, I'll come back later. Because now, that's where the rubber hits the tar. When you are told to share your precious possessions, it is something very difficult. But I think that once you understand who you are in Christ and who Christ is in you, then you will not have a problem in sharing things because you will understand that what we have, he owns. You do not own anything on your own. He owns and he has landed you, you, whether as an individual or as a church, as an organization. Unless you can release something, there is no blessing that comes back in. You reap what you sow. So I want to say that these believers, they did exactly what the Bible said. And we understand them because they were really close to Christ. You know, they, they were working with Christ. So we were quite a distance a little bit. But with the help of Holy Spirit, we are striving to get there. And I want to tell you today that as a church here today, us as, as X29 Church at Homegrown Westview, we have been doing that. We have been putting a lot of effort in sharing what we have resources-wise. Just like the disciples, they celebrated tangibly. We also celebrate, we, we celebrate tangibly. Uh, we celebrate through the casts uh, that has existed here at Westview. They, they were very helpful at, at, at Pine Town, as a Pine Town campus. Uh, when there was, there was a need there from the lootings to the floodings. And casts came in and they celebrated what they had together with us. We also celebrate a transformed campus. Three months ago, the uh, Pine Town campus did not look as great as it was. And it was always my dream that, uh, no, that is the new picture. There is an old one that you did not know. And you, when you don't have anything to compare with, you won't appreciate it. But trust me, I know what it looked like before. And those who have been there, they know what it looked like before. It looked almost like a deserted place. Uh, although the heart was there to transform it, there was no means. There was no partner to celebrate with, to transform it. But today, this is what it looked like. It's thousand times better than it was two months ago. So we celebrate that transformed campus. 
And as you know, with my voice and the churches to echo, and with my discorded voice anyway, it was even more mess. It was like a turmoil in there when I was preaching. It was like I'm shouting. I think Jacques at first, he thought that I was shouting at him. I wasn't shouting at you, Jacques. I was just being who I am, and the building was not helping it to become better either. But today when I speak, you'll hear it as you are hearing it today. The sound is perfectly, perfectly, perfectly clear. And we also celebrate the transformed congregation. Um, the transformed congregation is something that is, what is at God's heart? Yes, we, we, we celebrate the buildings. We celebrate the resources, those uh, things that we see, those resources that we, that we can get hold of and look with our eyes. But the most important thing that God wants to see is a transformed congregation because that is a clear picture of heaven. Heaven is not one race, and race does not count in heaven. That's why both bodies, they wrote before you go to heaven, so that you don't have it when you get there. You'll get a transformed body, they say, the Bible says. So uh, whether you burn it or you bury it, at the end, the body you have now, you're not going to take it to heaven. So it won't be a ticket for you to get there. There is no whites only or black only streets in heaven. They are all paved in gold, same gold for everyone. So we will be one day. So we celebrate the transformed campus. As you can see, our campus right now, if you look around 10 years or 15 years ago, it was a different place here. But there, it's also something different. It's becoming more and more transformed. But we also celebrate transformed pastoral team. How is that? Look at me now. This was illegal. Do you know that I would be thrown in jail if I did this 25 years ago? I would be in prison straight away from here. And Pastor John as well on the next side, he will be on the next prison cell because you have broken the rules of the government, right? But with God, look what he does. He makes the impossible happen. You have got different uh, pastors preaching on a pulpit today. So we celebrate that. There is lots to celebrate, family. And there is more ahead to celebrate. But this celebration should not just last one moment. It is a life Oh, it's an ongoing, ongoing celebration. That's why Sunday service is called a Sunday celebration service. But it doesn't end on a Sunday. I want you to celebrate today, celebrate tomorrow, celebrate the following day, celebrate throughout eternity Amen. until Christ comes. Thank you. God bless you. Yeah. <laughs> True story, James. We are not just celebrating this Sunday. We want to celebrate tomorrow and the next day and the next day. And by the way, James, if it was 25 years ago, I wouldn't be in the cell next door to you. You'd be in one prison and I'd be in another prison in another place. Let's just be honest about how it used to be. So folks, for me, the, the, the meaningfulness of what we are doing this morning isn't simply about this morning. It really is about tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the day after that. I'm a pastor and I get all often on a Saturday. Sometimes other days of the week, but it's usually on a Saturday, I get to celebrate weddings. I get to celebrate marriages. And in the back of my mind, I'm always going, yes, we can party as much as we like here today and we can do it well and we should do it well. But really what matters is what happens tomorrow and the next day and the next day and every day after that. And so that passage that James pointed us towards, there's a, there's a passage in Philippians 
that also talks about what it means when God's people are together. Where Paul says, I want to celebrate this unity. I want to, I'm so pleased when I pray for you. I'm so pleased when I think about you because I want you Wherever you are, whether you're in the church in Philippi or you're the church in Westville or Pantown or anywhere, I want you to be united with Christ and with one another. And he talks to that church about making his joy complete. By saying, when you, when you are together, be together in a particular way. He talks about if there is any comfort in love. And so if we are going to be one, if we are going to carry on celebrating, we must be loving. The way Jesus Christ asks us to be loving, the way Jesus Christ demonstrates his love, the unconditional love of God. James referred to his dear Makar, family. Have you ever noticed how much easier it is to love your own brats, uh, your own children, (laughs) and how terribly difficult it is to be loving towards that other person's spoiled offspring? We are like that. We create an us and them environment when we do love. But Jesus calls us through Paul in Philippians to say, be one in love. Love each other the way God loves you. Be willing to sacrifice, not just for the ones that are easy to love, but the ones that are hard to love. Word of God teaches us that Jesus loved us not when we loved him back, but when we hated him. I mean, that's when he loved us. That's when God loves us. And if we are going to be one and celebrate oneness every single day after today, we have to be doing that in a, in a spirit of unconditional love, the unconditional love of God. We can't ask ourselves, how best can I love you? We have to ask ourselves, how best can I be like God? when I love you. No matter the differences, no matter the difficulties, no matter the challenges, no matter the barriers, the love of God, his unconditional love. In that passage in Philippians, Paul also says to the Christians, if you're gonna do this, if you're going to be united, if you're going to bring joy to God, because that's what we want to do, we want to bring God joy, you mustn't just be united in love, but you must also be united in mind. We must learn to think differently. We, we live in a multicultural society, and... Uh, Every day we face our little challenges, don't we? Our differences in the way we think about time. The differences in the way we mourn or celebrate death. The differences in the way we regard our possessions. There are so very many differences. 
And it's easy to say, well, yeah, no, I mean, this is unique, this is a South African thing. It's not. It was an early church thing. Jews had to learn how to figure out how Romans thought. And Greeks had to think about how pagans thought. And, and, and the, the New Testament is full of that struggle, the book of Acts, and almost every one of Paul's letters is about, hey guys, you've got to figure this out. You've got to be like-minded. I don't know about you, but the world would be so much easier, I think, anyway, if all of you could just learn to think like me. I mean, genuinely, just imagine how wonderful that would be for me. But you see, we're not called to try and have this muddled mutual thinking. What we are called to do is to begin to think like Christ. To think like Christ. Not to learn how, well, we have to learn how each other thinks. But, but our job together is to go, what is the mind of Jesus in this situation? What would Jesus say or do here? How would he think when he sees that person coming towards him? And the truth is, when Jesus sees somebody, I think, that's pretty much what the Bible says. When Jesus sees somebody coming towards him, what is he thinking? Here is somebody I love. Here is somebody I care for. Here is somebody I died for. How can I bring this person into my kingdom? How can I love them? And how can I demonstrate the realness of God's kingdom to them? In that Philippians passage, Paul acknowledges that this is a hard thing to do. It is a hard thing to do. And one of the things he reminds Philippians that we have to celebrate by being selfless. By being selfless. I don't know what your pet thing is at home that annoys you. I, I, I get a bit annoyed that almost every morning because of how our house dynamic works, while I'm making tea for everybody else in the house, just so you know, they're still in bed, I'm making tea, which I'm fine with. Uh, that part is easy for me. Then I go and I discover that the dishwasher is not unpacked. And I guess I'm going to have to unpack it now while I'm waiting for the kettle to boil. <laughs> why? Because I'm thinking about myself. That's why. Instead of going, how can I serve you? Paul says, this is how you do it. You put others above yourself. There is not a married couple who doesn't know how hard that is every single day. And it's not only in marriage, it's in life, it's at school, and yes, it's even in church. Oh, our church needs this, but ooh, 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 let's have it here, because that campus over there, they've got that, so let us have this. We have to put others before ourselves. And then lastly, Paul says the way you celebrate this every day is not just by being loving with the unconditional love of God. It's not just by like being like-minded, thinking like Jesus. It's not just about being selfless, putting others before ourselves. But it is learning every day to be humble, just like Christ was humble. In another place in Philippians, it says we must 
have the mind of Christ, who didn't think equality with God was something to be held onto, but emptied himself. Humility every day asks this question. Not how can I put myself down, that's false humility. Not how can I think of you as better than me, that's also false humility. Humility asks this question every day, how can I serve you? How will I serve you today? What is it that that God has asked me to give to you? Home ground Westville. Two campuses are becoming one. Two churches are becoming one. And God asks us all, not just to celebrate today, but to live in ways tomorrow and the next day and the next day and every day after that, that will show not only to us and to, and to Pine Town Campus, but to a whole world that God loves unity and it's something we can celebrate every single day. I'm gonna ask James to come up and join me here because, because we wanna make some commitments to each other on behalf of our respective church campuses. We want to, we want to say things to one another. Oh, you're gonna need, to, now this, this is my microphone. So, <laughs> kidding. <laughs> I did offer him, no. James, to home ground Pine Town, I want to say this. As God enables the congregation of home ground Westville, we commit to do everything in our power to bring joy to our Father in heaven as we strive to be like-minded, loving, one in spirit and in mind. We ask God to give us the grace and strength to do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. We will be humble and not look to our own interests, but to the interest of God's kingdom, both in Westville and in Pine Town. Pray for us that God enables us to do this. Um, Likewise, you understand that this commitment is not to me and John, but it's to the, between the congregations. You are mm. just the representatives of the mm. congregations. Mm. Uh, so, as homegrown Pine Town, as God enabled the congregation of homegrown Pine Town, we commit to do everything in our power to bring joy to our Father in heaven as we strive to be like minded, loving, one in spirit and mind. We ask, to give us the gra- we ask God to give us the grace and strength to do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. We will be humble and not look to our own interests, but to the interests of God's kingdom, both in Pine Town and in Westfield. Pray for us that God enable us to do this. Lord God, thank you that, that we can say these words. But Lord, our prayer isn't that we just be people who say these words. Lord, our prayer is that we will be people who live out these words. Lord, we acknowledge that we live in a country and in a world where division is the norm, where hostility is the norm, where separation is the norm. Lord, as your children, we wanna be different to that. 
We want to demonstrate to ourselves and the world around us that God loves unity and that God has one people, one church, because we have one God and Father through our great and wonderful Lord Jesus Christ. And all of God's people said, Amen, Amen.